Hello everyone and welcome to the Afri People Podcast. This podcast is about Africans finding ways to make a living while liking themselves and figuring out what success means to different people. My name is Obina and today we are talking to Adam, who is currently the founder of The Palava, a media publication based in Accra, Ghana. But at the time I interviewed him, he worked in marketing by day with numerous projects by night. I found talking to Adam as at the time of the interview, he was a year ahead of me out of college, so I could relate to his experience. But through our conversation, I learned the importance of creating opportunities for yourself and the power of ambition. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Adam. Good morning. Um, could you just quickly state uh, your name, though I just said it, mm-hmm. um, and your current occupation? Yeah, um, Leonardo Mills Robertson, uh, current occupation, market development rep for Kipsu which is a software as a service company in downtown Minneapolis that sells essentially tools for service professionals to better connect with their guests. Yeah. So, wait, so this is interesting. So did you imagine yourself ever being in this role? Like mm-hmm. from going to, from being in college to here, did you ever imagine yourself being in this role that you're at today? Not, not really, mm-hmm. not necessarily. Um, to be honest, after college is, or when I thought about graduating and what I would be doing, yeah, um, it was very much so information. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily I had something really planned out. Comparing it to some of my other friends, some people really knew exactly what they what were they going wanted. to. Yeah. They knew the exact industry, the exact vertical, knew yeah. exactly what they wanted to be doing, whether it was investment banking within a particular sector or whatever have you, consulting within a particular sector. Mm-hmm. Um, that really didn't vibe with me and I also knew I had a year at that point in time I had a year in the US mm-hmm. that was a non-STEM at that time major before economics became STEM from Macalester yeah so for me it was really a matter of what can I learn that I think would be beneficial in helping me with my bigger goal mm-hmm. and that bigger goal was to start my own company in mm-hmm. Ghana yeah. um, I don't know how I arrived at that goal it was that's another uh, story but yeah so um, I'm guessing this was sort of the the liberal arts nature of the school that just made you like open up to different sort of fields since mm-hmm. you weren't really focused specifically like you were saying on investment banking or consulting or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. I I really think I don't really think okay. So if you were to put it on the spectrum from zero to hundred percent, yeah, I'd say I give thirty percent attribution to the school and seventy percent attribution to just my me and my nature, because. Oh, um, okay. <coughs> Yes, liberal arts education helped me think about certain things in a particular way mm-hmm. and have nuanced perspectives when assessing any situation. But at the same time, I still had friends who knew exactly what they wanted to be doing. Yeah, you know? yeah, um, yeah. And I'd say for me, it was just a matter of really not wanting to go into those industries and really just wanting to figure out sort of what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is still a work in progress, but I feel like we're moving. We're moving forward. Slowly but surely. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a ship, right? You just inch forward. Yeah. Step by step. Step by step. Nah, that's, cool. that's cool. So I guess uh, moving back now, going back before college, before mm-hmm. high school, when you were growing up, mm-hmm. um, did you? How did you um, view your goals then? Like, did you have goals, or were you kind of just going through the going through the flow of time? You know, going to go to school, going mm-hmm. to go to college, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did have goals. I'd say from grade nine, mm-hmm. I know I wanted to come to school in the U.S. Mm-hmm. 
So everything I did, most of the things I did, were a step towards making me viable to come to school in the U.S. Because I realized very, very quickly that, especially from my school, mm-hmm. um, the resources weren't, like, people weren't necessarily told from an early age what it would take to get to those environments. Hmm. Um, so I always had the mentality of, like, hey, the bigger picture is going to the U.S. for school. But why? Why? That's why? Good. To be honest, I really just wanted to experience experience the U.S. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I'd say that was more for me. Like, I was like, hey, experience the U.S. Um, also pairing that with, I thought, more different opportunities mm-hmm. um, in the U.S. at that point in time. That was my perspective. Like, land of milk and honey. <laughs> American <laughs> dream. Yeah, just step here, you're good. Yeah, um, yeah. Which isn't always the case. Right. Yeah. So, so did your parents fully support you with this goal, or were they mm-hmm. ones who pushed who pushed you towards it? Or was I it? mean, I said it was it was really more myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like I mean, they supported me. They made sure I was like doing well in school. Yeah. By the same time, it was really me just saying, "Hey, I need to get it. I need to get it. I need to get it." So you had this dream of coming to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Right? You really want to get there just to like experience this different life. Yeah. So now, how is reality versus that perception that you once had? Mm. My perception, that I would say, was very naive. Mm-hmm. I came in here thinking, you just land, and everything is great. Yeah. Everything is amazing. It's open for you. You can just do whatever. Seems like that's not the case. So there's multiple buckets that nuance between reality and perception mm-hmm. show up. So one was the school itself. Okay. My college experience. So I went to McAllister with a particular mentality of what U.S. college was based on pop culture. So explain that. Well, what what so, it is? Have you ever seen Blue Mountain State? That's a show, right? That's I a show. show. I, I've seen like one or two episodes, but I haven't gotten in depth into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, me, me too. But yeah. I had watched one to two episodes. Yeah, yeah. And Blue Mountain State, I like pirated the, <laughs> pirated the videos to watch them. Um, <laughs> On the hard drive and everything. Yep, yeah, you know how it goes. <laughs> hard, <laughs> what? Two five gig, all of them movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the movies you've downloaded from God knows how you downloaded them, but you just figured it out. Yeah. Um, but essentially, it was about this larger public university. Yeah. And I was looking at it like, damn, this is what they get up to. You know, I was thinking about it more from the party. Yeah, yeah. Standpoint. yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm going to work, but I also like party. party go out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I went to Mac and realized very quickly oh no not oh no but oh interesting this is a very different experience than what was portrayed um so that was one of those times where reality and perception mm-hmm. and, and reality and yeah perception really butted heads because here i was thinking you know it'd be like a lot of people chilling and then working hard but it ended up being more working hard mm-hmm. and less chilling, which wasn't a bad thing. It's just yeah. something I wish I'd, I'd known coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I was opposed to it as well. And another thing, too, reality versus perception, was just staying here. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, you know, you people could just figure it out and it worked. Yeah. I didn't know there was an entire process. process yeah. And it's, it's not as easy as just coming here and you just... just you could. <laughs> you know, there's so many steps in between. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. That and also the disconnect, I say, with family back home because they imagine that, hey, you're in the U.S. Mm. Like, you're just automatically good. Good. Yeah, you're, you're you know, like, like in money and everything is going well. Yeah. But 
there's other costs that people incur, mm-hmm. right? Costs that may not necessarily be monetary, but they're more intangible costs, in my opinion. Like, like what? things yeah. like, you know, being away from family. Mm-hmm. Things like being in a different place and being expected to make it. Like, these are things that, like, we handle and we can get through. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like... It's in your head. It, it's in your head and it bears on you. Yeah. Um, when something happens and you're not there, it's like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, when there's something going on and you're not there, it's like, what do I do? Um, and I've been blessed to have, like, a relatively stable situation back home. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, like, I know friends who, you know, their circumstances back home is just like... Mm. Um, and it's tough when they're here and, you know, a ticket costs, I don't know how, how much. And everyone's just assuming they're good. It's yeah. Like, you know, you got dollars, you're just chilling. But no, there's other costs that you don't see. Yeah. And yeah, we're not just like rolling in the door. Like we still have to pay rent, rent, and lose taxes, oh, loans, <laughs> so many different loans, things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the only thing we do have, we used to buy food to eat <laughs> so you don't go hungry. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. No, no, that's very real. That's um, as soon as I graduated, I remember the first three months were were terrible mm. because. Um, I, I, first of all, I signed a lease that I didn't know was a lease. I thought it was an agreement to get into a lease. Mm-hmm. I ended up signing onto a lease in a place I was never going to actually live. Oh, wow. And so I was stuck in that contract. And uh, during this time, um, my OPT hadn't come yet, so I couldn't work. Mm-hmm. So, and it was delayed because of, you know, changes in administration and all of that. Mm-hmm. So I was meant to start working in June and it, or end of May, and I didn't end up start working until August. So I was just living on rice and friendship for all of this. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell people, um, but yeah, I had savings. They just ran out. I maxed out my credit cards because I was paying like I was paying rent. I was also helping a friend pay rent because I thought I was gonna be good. I wasn't, but it was just a very very wild time. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's just I agree with you completely. So mm-hmm. I guess what's some advice you would give to somebody um, who is uh, about to like leave college and um, they're about to enter you know the real world type of thing mm-hmm. um, what's some advice you would give them to brace for it in what sense to brace for what exactly to brace for the unknown pressures that they didn't expect like mm-hmm. the familiar pressures the monetary pressures the just the lack the gap of knowledge from mm-hmm. being a student to being a working individual interesting oh yeah I'll tell them honestly map it out mm-hmm and I, I haven't done this myself, <laughs> so it's, it's a situation where it's like, you haven't done it, but you tell somebody else to do it, but yeah. here's what I think I tell them to do. I say, okay, before you leave, before you, let's say, graduate or whatever, a month, two months, three months down the line, before you graduate, get a piece of paper and just map out where you're at right now. So I'm talking about, you map out, okay, I'm graduating with this degree, um, I'm going to be living here. Or if, I'm, if you don't know where you're going to be living, say, I don't know where I'm living, mm-hmm. um, put down, here's how much in loans I have to pay, um, here's where I want to work, or, you know, here's where I'm working right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, basically, just have a list where you write down every fucking thing. Sorry, I saw <laughs> Every fucking thing. Once you write down every fucking thing, get another sheet of paper, mm-hmm. and then write down a list of where you want to be. Yeah. Within, that's not in the year within the next six months yeah and then just be maniacal about focusing on those things yeah um because i feel like a lot of the time 
I have a friend who lives by list making and list taking, and I recently just started taking up the practice, and it's been so helpful because mm-hmm. you essentially are able to have a core focus of things you need to do. Yeah. And when you don't have that core focus, you're just thrown into overwhelm. Because there's you so know. many things just so on your head. Things. Right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you know, it takes a certain resilience and a certain character to be able to handle that overwhelm. Some people can mm. handle it. Mm. Um, don't get me wrong. Some people are just like they're built like that, but other people can't. Mm-hmm. And if you can't handle it, and there's overwhelm, and then you succumb, it's like it's a bad situation. Yeah. Um, so having that list and just being maniacal about it. And making sure that you hold yourself accountable to checking out the items in those lists. I think. That's yeah. how I'd, I'd tell them to brace for it. Also figuring out what you don't know. Mm-hmm. You oh, know? yeah. And that only comes from conversations. So mm-hmm. I also recommend just reaching out to people, alumni, in the area and saying, Hey, uh, can I chat to you? Yeah. Like, I don't know what I don't know. I yeah. just want to learn how to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. It's like, yeah, hey, yeah, I just want to yeah. learn how, to, how you live. Like, yeah. What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> What's the work? What's work culture? Like, what, what does that mean? What yeah. does PTO mean? How do I get it? Yeah. Um, I mean, not not, not as nuanced as that. Yeah. But just more just like, where are you living? Yeah. What's the rent? What's the best place? You know, shit like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So then also, in, in that way, what's some advice also do, would you give to someone in similar to how you once were? Mm-hmm. really wanting to go to the US mm-hmm. believing that they're going to make it mm-hmm. um, yeah what would you tell them someone who said they were going to make it someone who's um, in Ghana or back in Africa yeah. who really wants to come to the US yeah. and just has these hopes of dreams about what living in the US is going to be like yeah. what would you tell them um, as advice in coming to the US and the realities okay. that they're going to face 100% I'd say um, so are they at the point where they're now looking at schools or are they at the point where they've chosen a school and they're moving to that school let's do let's do both okay. first looking and then going okay so if we're looking I'd tell them pick a school that um, and again this is not like absolute truths right absolute yeah, 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 yeah. Pick a school that will care about you, which is hmm. hard as an international student, which is really hard. But well, why do you say that? Actually, you hear so many horror stories about international students who come here, and for some reason or other, because of some bureaucratic process through the international student programs or whatever have you, the steps forward and the journey forward uh, becomes just this clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. somebody forgot to tick this, so then all of a sudden. Has to go home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody did this, and you start to realize, like, I think it's a deeper problem where international students at a lot of U.S. universities are seen as just revenue-generating machines, which to some extent is true, true because a large population comes from, you know, we all know, like China. Yeah. Um, and the general stereotype, and it's a stereotype, but it's that they're affluent and yeah. that they can afford. And basically, it's been openly stated by schools, like, we want to bring in more Chinese students because they're a lot, and they also come in with a certain level of affluence. Um, but at the same time, what that ends up being is that schools optimize for the revenue generators. Uh, and not all schools, but some schools. Mm-hmm. I'll say most schools. They optimize for the revenue generators, mm-hmm. and they don't really focus on making the process for these students coming in as seamless as it should be when they get out into the working world. Right. right. So it's, you know, like 
I didn't I underestimated the stuff McAllister did for me until I started hearing about other students other right, students. Right. You know, and then I realized Mac go above and beyond for the international students. Mm. So things like the whole C P T versus O P T no. internship situation, yeah. right? Yeah. McAllister they allow you to do internships for free in a sense. Like you don't have to pay Oh for they it. pay the Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you know, nuances like that. Yeah. You, yeah. I, I didn't I, I paid that. I heard I heard from Deepak that he paid and yeah. I was mind blown. Yeah. I thought it was free. No. Alright, alright, alright. Thank you for your French toast. It looks and tastes amazing. No worries. That's a twist. No power to twist. <laughs> okay. So where were we? Mm-hmm. International students. McAllister really cares about them. Yeah. And really helps them pay for stuff like OPT and yeah. CPT. Which, St. Ola, they're still new to it, I guess. Because, yeah, the price goes up every year. So the last pri- the last time I paid for it, it was like seven ninety, And so it goes up every year. So it's going to be 800 something soon. And then becomes this almost rent-seeking behavior from schools to just capture as much value as possible from students. Mm-hmm. Especially with the... Like, when you factor in that for a student, let's say, who may not be financially well off to succeed, yeah. it's practically impossible if you're putting those barriers in place. It becomes added barriers. Exactly, um, right. Because you can't take an unpaid internship. You, you have to be paid. Cause 100%. Would, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know how they would figure this out, but, like, really try and pick a school that you feel will take care of you. I know for, like, even bigger schools, they have their hubbubs. Um, like, the bigger, more popular universities. I mm-hmm. remember there's this thing about SWAT. It's not bigger, but... More prestigious, if you call it. Mm. Swarthmore College and the whole CPT, OPT debacle. And how, like, it was big, it was circulating on LinkedIn. I'm forgetting the gist of it, but essentially, like, one of these fuck ups Mm -hmm. that show you, like, schools really just should be doing better with international students. Yeah. 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 Especially if they want to keep them. So I say that would be what I would tell them to focus on. Okay, moving away from advice to, to the younger generation. What do you want to do? At this point, you were saying that others should like plan for six months ahead. So you yourself, <laughs> let's try that exercise. Let's <laughs> I don't mind you drinking your own medicine. <laughs> yeah, let's look ahead. What do you want to do? It's funny because on my list, I have exactly that item. Mm-hmm. I like, plan for the next six months. <laughs> I was going to get to later today. <laughs> well, you're, it's, a, it's an early... So you're jumping the gun in yeah. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too sure just yet. Yeah. Um, with the exact... Occupation, yeah. Um, but I have the overarching theme. Yeah. And the overarching theme for me is I'm gonna be in a situation where I feel like I'm learning. I feel like the things that I'm learning are directly applicable to stuff that I'll be doing on the continent of Africa, more specifically Ghana. Yeah. Um, and that really involves becoming like building expertise within a particular niche. Okay. So right now the question becomes, what niche? What niche? And, you know, like, for lack of a better term, like, what's the long game? So my thought process is, whatever I'm into now, like, it has to be, whatever I I will be doing, mm-hmm. it has to be done, again, with that thought process of, what skills can I gain right now mm-hmm. that can compound in the future? Yeah. And basically, what game can I play right now that gives me the most choices in the future? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of stealing from a... This popular blog I read. Okay, what's this? It's called, called Farnham Street. Farnham Street. Yeah, okay. and it's a blog about that a ton of people read. Just thinking better, mental models, leadership, strategy, um, stuff along those lines. Yeah. 
and there's this concept of something called like an almost like an infinite game, mm-hmm. right? Taken from game theory, but essentially the infinite game is basically actually it's not the infinite game. What am I talking about? It's it's choosing the right game, right? Okay. So as, hum- as humans, mm-hmm. right, we all engage in different games. Yeah. So some people they play the game of social states. So mm-hmm. How how much flex can I put out? Yeah, yeah. Other people will play a game of um, let's say wealth creation. How much money can I get? How much money can I get? Right. Um, they advocate for playing the game that gives you the most options. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know how to operationalize that just yet, but that's my mentality. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I'm learning now are things that are like will make give me the ability to have the most options, right? Whether it's helping out my friend Alex Rodriguez mm-hmm. build a functional web app mm-hmm. um, called Electrician Path without knowing how to code myself, mm-hmm. just using this tool called Bubble and really learning the nuances of Bubble. Yeah. Um, that's a perfect example because to that, for that, to learn that tool for me means that I'm now able to leverage those expertise in other situations. Yeah. So from now, like I could leverage that with a project. Let's say my dad wants me to help on, where I can build a web app yeah. for him. Yeah. You know, it costs twenty nine, thirty dollars a month. Don't get me wrong, yeah. which is still fairly cheap compared to how much you'd be paying a developer. Thousands. Wow. Just yeah. Created. Yeah. Um, my value that I have that ability now where the limitation limitations of my ideas aren't restricted by my ability to create mm-hmm. you know and I feel like playing those kind of games are the better games again I might be up my own ass <laughs> like who knows the game is right until you've yeah, had yeah, you know yeah. some iterations of it yeah um, but that's what I'm thinking and for some reason I'm thinking it's working out right now so with Alex for example this electrician path thing like it's so fascinating man um, could, could you describe a bit more uh, what that is? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's Electrician Path is this resource for prospective electricians yeah. to start, grow, develop the career within the electrical industry. Mm-hmm. And also for electrical companies on the other side to find great talent to join their companies. Yeah. Um, so the problem we're solving is that the entire electrical industry is is kind of is very fragmented Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of different stakeholders in it there's your unions your trade schools your this your that and essentially there's so many different options an electrician potential electrician might take to becoming an electrician and there is no one right way everyone has their own opinions about the right way or whatever of course um but each individual path is so interconnected Mm -hmm. that there is no direct way for people to really map out where they want to go. Yeah. Um, and we want to give people the options. So we say, hey, we if you're looking at trade schools, we have trade schools. If you're looking at electrical companies with the interstate, we have those. If you're looking at um, unions, we have those. And what's so more? a one-stop shop for electricians. 100%. Looking for their vocation. Or not vocation, profession, really. Yeah, looking yeah. to develop it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what it is. And... It's so fascinating because you always think when you you know you start these things, these companies, or Alex, when Alex started this company, it's like oh it's like the business model was correct, and <laughs> we we it just it was bound to happen. Yeah. But then we always forget to attribute you know randomness and luck, right? So really, 
like in this process i realized that hey like it's not there it's not fully baked it's us discovering it's mm-hmm. us going out there and having these conversations as yeah. you're doing with me yeah. and just getting better yeah. and really just modifying you know our hypothesis as we encounter new information yeah right so yeah that's been well, i forgot what was your what was i going with this well what are you trying to do <laughs> oh what are, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like okay how did i get here um because no, this is something that that you you're very in- invested in right in starting mm-hmm. this well you're not st- uh, alex is the, is the i guess the founder alex is, is the founder thing but you're helping develop it and so yeah. it's all alex yeah. I, I just this is a project yeah yeah <laughs> a volunteer project yeah <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so then, I guess, um, what what was what is something now? Because you're talking about growth and development, I'm trying to understand your niche and get really good at it, so that you'll have a lot more options down the road. Fair. And I think that's a very is that a good summary of what you said? Fair, very fair. Yeah. And so um, I think that's a good, that's a good strategy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like you said something that's very um, important. You said you don't know what you don't know. Right. Yeah. And so, as we try to know as much as possible, there's a limit just because we're, you know, we've got limited experience. Fair. So, um, if there was someone who's where you are, where is where you want to get to? Mm-hmm. Um, what is something that you would value them telling you about? No. Okay. So, I wouldn't really place an emphasis on what I would value them telling me about, like mm-hmm. a particular piece of advice. Yeah. What I would really like to an insight to is how they think about the world. Oh, okay. The mindset. The mindset. Okay. Um, that's what I realized. So this is a person who I really think is an amazing entrepreneur, operator, ideator, and give backer, mm-hmm. if that's the term. <laughs> the term. Yeah. It can be a term. And yeah. he's one of the founders, co-founders of Vandela, uh-huh. and also one of the co-founders of Flutterwave. Uh-huh. And his name is Iyunolua Aboyeji. Yeah. Um, e. As he's popularly known on the Twitterverse. Uh-huh. Wait, the Twitterverse. Yeah, y'all making up words now. No, that's the thing. Twitterverse. Twitterverse. Okay, sure. <laughs> if you didn't know, now you know. No, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is somebody who... He founded Andela. You know, after he had a previous one before Andela, when he was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, something called Booknito. Didn't really pan out. It was in Canada. Didn't really pan out, but was able to get their... Investors, their the capital that they put into the business, okay. yeah, um, was able to like let it go on a good note. Then helped co-found Andela, mm-hmm. which you know there are some hiccups here and there, but I would say is relatively a success. Mm-hmm. I'm feel free to disagree as well. <laughs> um, I think it, I think it's on the path of on the figuring, path. It's yeah. figuring itself out. Yeah, I think it's, it's dealing with a market that hasn't been looked at in this way before. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's figuring out the kings. But they, like, I think they know more than me, mm-hmm. of course. But like they're going through like the growing pains. Yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah, feel, feel free to mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, his name is E, and he has like he has operating experience. Like he he doesn't just buy into the hype. Mm-hmm. Like Africa's next to the dot. Yeah. Um, he. Because he's there, he has a nice understanding of hey, like yeah, it's an opportunity, but you just have to be aware of all these things. Like don't just fall prey to that narrative. Yeah, yeah. That is based in opinion, really, and yeah. little to no data. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's somebody who I would really just want to sit down and have a chat with because I want to learn how he thinks about the world. Yeah. And I'm somebody who learns through conversation, and mm-hmm. that's how I get smarter. So just having a chat, just being like, hey, what do you think about this, or 
Yeah. Uh, how do you think about this and just seeing, you know... What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. How he approaches problems. What are some of the premises that he assumes? What are some of the assumptions that he makes? Mm-hmm. Why does he have those assumptions? Mm-hmm. Like stuff like that. I want to think through that. And if I can, I want to. <laughs> Parents and take what's in here. Yeah, that's cool. No. I mean, there's something to be said. I think of people who are able to start repeatable, successful businesses. Mm-hmm. That's not a fluke. You know, no. like. Maybe one, sure. And again, we don't see, you know, the tons of field businesses in the past, but those are things that yeah. add to the experience, mm-hmm. right? Um, so not one, but two, I'm like, wait a minute, there's something here. Mm. And now he's on his third one, which is this kind of civic venture. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, you yourself, I mean, you started a, a project while you were in college as well. Mm-hmm. As a publisher, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like you, you also... You, I don't think you're completely out of that circle. I think you're you're in it. Mm. I think it's just you're just growing in it, really. Thank you. Yeah, because you started something. That's not like we take it for granted sometimes the things that we do. Mm. But you try, you literally tried to start a business off of someone's idea, and you sold, you sold it. So you're able to talk to people and 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 mm. let them buy into your product. Mm. You did that. It didn't like go maybe where you were expecting to go, but you did it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that not everyone can say that they did. Right. And so now you have the courage and experience to be willing to try it again. Mm-hmm. That first step is always the hardest, but you've already done it, so you're ahead of the game. Thank you. Yeah. And you're Thank young you. as well. You're a fine guy. You'll make it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. No, but um, yeah, that's something. That's something I admire. So. Yeah. Sure. Thank yeah. you. Um. Yeah. So okay, we have a good idea of you know where you're coming from. Um, where you're at right now and where, where you want to go. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just going to ask you some, you know, sort of some uh, questions more about um, uh, the different variables within your life and then we're yeah. just going to end with some rapid fire random questions. Cool. Cool? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, one thing um, that I feel always plagues uh, your average African's mind is that pressure you were talking about to, to not just be okay but to be a success, right? be great to be great <laughs> you cannot be good you must be great right yeah and um a lot of that success sometimes is given by our parents like um they're like from from you know when you're in primary school they're just like if you get 99 percent, like, what's that one percent doing chilling there huh does that person <laughs> does number one have do they have two heads no they have one um, so I guess what do you think is the impact <laughs> you love it because you feel me 100% <laughs> my friend you can do better you can do better yes, do it faster <laughs> so I guess what do you think is the influence of, of parents really mm-hmm. um, in the mindset of your, your average Nigerian's ideal success mm. average Nigerian I can't speak to Nigerian oh sorry average African African no. yeah, yeah. I was just about to say my bad my bad <laughs> If we go into that, we'll talk about the <laughs> <laughs> If we went down on that, I had to add, you know, some jabs about John Lop Rice. <laughs> um, hmm. I say it's it's definitely a pressure that I think has both positive and negative aspects to it. Positive, mm-hmm. it really pushes people to, you know, strive excellence. Yeah. Right, like, you know, Nigerian would carry last. Or, yes. Or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. People come in and people are like, hey, I need to hustle, I need to work hard, I need to push. And then they, they work hard, they hustle, they push. And this is a result of having those structures in place back home. Mm-hmm. And saying, hey, like, no matter what, you could always do better. Yeah. Um, I think where it becomes interesting is 
It's almost like this. It's like you. It's in my opinion. Again, I might be up my own ass. Yeah. But applying outdated models to an ever-changing world, mm-hmm. expecting them to hold true. Mm-hmm. So outdated models being, just become a lawyer, banker, doctor, doctor yeah. engineer. Yeah. So, don't get me wrong. Like it comes from a great place. It comes from you care about you. Want you know you to have future stability. You want yeah. you to have a, like an, you want you to have an income. Yeah. Um. But at the same time. And I, I think you're touching on this too with the community that you're bringing up. Like, there's multiple ways to make it. There's multiple ways of success. And I was fortunate enough. I am fortunate enough to have parents who, at this point in time, have realized like mm-hmm. their son Adom is <laughs> is really somebody who just likes to try different shit and you're yeah. trying to just figure it out. Yeah. Right. Like, I always thought growing up, like they I had this idea of what they wanted me to be doing, even though they never explicitly stated it. Yeah. I always felt like some guilt, like, oh, I should be doing this with an investment bank card. Da, 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 yeah, da. yeah, yeah. I, I tried investment. I hate it. I hate investment. Yeah. It's a good class, and I was like, no. Yeah. no. <laughs> anyways, uh, anyways. Um, so I was like, where, where's this pressure coming from? Let me just have a chat with my parents about like what they want from my life. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fam. I, I sat down with my dad, and I sat down with my mom. You were like, fam, fam, fam. I called them up and I was like, hey, this is like in random one-off conversation. Like, what do you want me to be doing? Because mm. I've never explicitly stated it. I've always just assumed you need to be doing these things. And then they were like, oh, at this point in time, like, we just want you to do whatever you feel like you'll be, you know, happy in. Mm-hmm. And I had that fortune of, you know, mm-hmm. parents telling me, hey, like, obviously we want you to work hard, but... And again, I think I had, like, you know, uh, some track record of, you know, just repeated execution success yeah. from being in school to back it up. But they were like, just whatever you put your mind to, with it, just get it done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had that conversation, and it really freed up a lot of my sort of mental capacity to take in, to, like, try these things. Yeah. Right? Because at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, it's more me. Like, I feel like I need to give back, and no matter what, like... I am going to help my family. I am going to give back. Mm. Um, but I have the freedom in choosing how, how I'm going to that. achieve the yeah. means in which to give back, mm. you know, mm. Um, mm. and the terms. Mm. So that's been pretty positive. Yeah. 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 That's, that's good. That's, I'm, I'm happy you, you've had that sort of constructive foundation, really, mm-hmm. that you're able to just free your mind and really just figure out what it is you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you touched on something very important, which is like the idea of uh, success is very, you know, a narrow. There's a narrow lens in it, right? Mm-hmm. And part of that narrow lens, I found, is just a lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. right? Um, like for instance, I used to say I wanted to do geography. That was my thing. I was mm-hmm. like, I want to go on National Geographic. I want to be with those lions. I want to be flying around, traveling, you know, taking shots and all of that. And so one day I went to my mom and I said, Mom, Mom, Mom. She said, what? She said, I said, I want to do geography. She said, okay, show me how you make money doing geography. <laughs> and I said, no, don't you see those people on TV? I'll be like them. And she said, no. <laughs> but uh, it's a thing, right? People do that and they're successful, but there's mm-hmm. not an obvious path towards it. Mm-hmm. But being an engineer, you go to school, do well in math, do well in physics. You go to engineering school, you become an engineer, doctor. You do well in school, go to med school, you become a doctor, you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very obvious path. Mm-hmm. And so I guess for people who are trying to, though I guess you, you in a way, you're not necessarily going out there, but you're still 
kind of in that you know economic you're still mm-hmm. around marketing and that sort of thing yeah um but for someone who's maybe trying to do something that's not obvious right mm-hmm. trying to go into illustrations trying to do mm. something that's not obvious mm-hmm. yeah. all right what do you what would you say to those i guess parents who are pushing them um to maybe fall back and focus on those obvious things mm. oh to do it for it, I have a, I would I would recommend things to both the person who's pursuing administration mm-hmm. and also the person who's and it's the parents of that person. Yeah. So one thing I definitely recommend and I'd like to see too is hustle. Like if for me, if you're gonna go into a particular profession and you know, okay, this is what I wanna do, this is what I wanna make work, mm-hmm. then be damn well prepared for the Trials and tribulations you're gonna face yeah. on the uh, person side. Um, so I have this friend. His name, uh, his name is Samuel Fleming, mm-hmm. and I had the. He's American, so you know he has he has the fallback of America. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, he's trying to be an illustrator. He's trying to be an artist, right? Mm-hmm. I kid you not. This guy has the single most. He is a definition of this hustle, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he's not sitting down painting, expecting people to come to him. Mm-mm. He's not just going to like these one-off trade schools, da da da. He's like reaching out to people. He's reaching out to galleries. He's reaching out to people at the Mall of America, seeing if they have any pop-up options available. Like he's really thinking through yeah. how he can build his art and how he can make his art into an empire, mm-hmm. right? And for me, that's the kind of thinking I need to happen because by the nature of you know illustration art, like all these uh, the more creative type industries, yeah. right? There is a there is a level of subjectivity that falls into it. Of course. Um, and for better or for worse, that's going to be difficult because mm-hmm. it's how do you separate quality from not mm-hmm. quality and all that shit. But at the same time, if you want to distribute your art, you're going to have to work your ass off, mm-hmm. right? And from what I've seen, and they, again, this is also a preview of McAllister artists. It's like, oh yeah, I just have this thing, and it's there. Come to me now. Validate my yeah. art. Yeah. It's like, no. People are out there hustling as a hustle factory, so yeah. you need to hustle. You need to let um, yeah. And on the flip side, I say for the parents, because I mean, it's going to be tough seeing your child, you know, hustling. And when they could be doing this engineering thing over there, they want to be illustrated or what? Yeah. <laughs> literally. Literally. Um, how do you go about it? I say, you know what? So I don't have any advice to parents. I actually have advice to the to the child. I mean, that makes sense. You're not a parent. Yeah. Yet, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I say hack, hack the awards, hack awards. So, from what again, this might be a faulty assumption, but a lot of the time, what really seems to resonate with parents isn't necessarily, you know, the fact that you're you're doing yeah. something. It's more the fact that you're good in something and you're getting accolades, you're getting competency. Yeah. So if I were to recommend anything to the child, I'd say, hey, my friend, go to art competitions. Win art awards. Show them that, hey, this is something that could be potentially viable for me. Right? Like, you're, the core of it is viability of career. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is the main thing. Yeah. yeah. You're looking at it like, is this a viable career for my child? Yeah. And if you can help them make the jumps into thinking this is viable for me, mm-hmm. then you're well on your way. Yeah. So hack awards, hack accolades, um, go illustrate for newspapers, mm-hmm. get your stuff in newspapers, send it to your parents, like I illustrated for XYZ newspaper, 
get into award shows. I sent my stuff to yeah. XYZ award shows and won. let them know, let them see how like legit this could be. Exactly, yeah. let them see your seriousness. Yeah. And when they realize, oh wow, he's listening to newspapers, he's winning awards. Hey, you know, I've been uh, my, my my son. He, he was in the newspaper. That, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's how you hack it. Mm. So you give it the perception of you know hype. Yeah. As you actually build out your expertise, and yeah. I mean, it helps you too. Yeah. So that's what I recommend to the person, man. Like, if you're gonna go into creative industry, just hack it so that it's very visible how good you are. Is there any other thing you'd like to say to your fellow Africans who may be hearing this, or who may hear like me typing this up or whatever? Is there anything you want to say? Wow. Um. <laughs> uh, let's see. To people coming up in college, like whoever you want to talk to. Okay. No restrictions. I'd say, um, it'd be a mixture of. Okay, so this is what I would say. This is what I'm going to say. There is no cookie cutter, you know, statement I could give. Mm-hmm. But what I would recommend everybody to do is. To always just question your assumptions about other people. Mm-hmm. Um, even in, you know, if let's say you're in, currently in Ghana or in any, more specifically, sub-Saharan African country, mm-hmm. questioning, you know, why certain structures exist, questioning, you know, how you interact with people around you, questioning, or even having conversations with people around you mm-hmm. that you may not necessarily always talk to on a given day. You know, or like going deeper into their problems, their struggles, what they're dealing with in their lives. Um, yeah, that's what I recommend. It's a very actionable advice, but I think it definitely gives nuance to to how you think about the world. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Adon. I appreciate your time. No worries. Interview over. Okay, wait. Shake hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just shook hands. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. There was a lot to take in there. If you are a recent college grad, I hope you could relate to the conversation and take the steps to ask questions, to know what you don't know. And to everyone, I hope you learn a bit about the mindset to create options for yourself. I personally am still working on that one. If you have any feedback or recommendations of people to interview, please don't hesitate to reach out. We are here for it. Thank you so much for your time. And remember, as African people, we are a free people. We are Afri people. Hope you have an amazing rest of your day and look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Take care.